Help. 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 Hello, welcome to this mini series from the MDT podcast team, covering some of the more common issues encountered when working with older adults. Each session is structured around a clinical question, and our aim is to help you approach the issue like a geriatrician. The best part is that they're all under 10 minutes. I'm Alice O'Connor, and joining me remotely are Ian Wilkinson and Joe Preston. Hi, I'm Ian Wilkinson. I'm a geriatrician down in Surrey and Sussex. And I'm Joe Preston. I'm a geriatrician in London. And this session is all about those patients who are on a million drugs. We're having trouble getting Mr Pillai to take all of his medications. Is there any that we could stop? So as geriatricians, we get asked this kind of thing quite often. Before picking up the phone, here are five things that might help to answer that question or to get enough information for the person on the other end of the phone to be able to help you a little bit better. So number one, is the person having difficulty taking their medication? And if so, is there a reversible cause such as drowsiness or delirium? This can help you decide whether certain drugs just need to be held temporarily rather than stopped for good. And are any of the drugs essential right now, such as antibiotics for an acute infection? Or are any of them time critical, such as Parkinson's medications? Because in these situations, you'll need to consider giving the drug or a similar one via an alternative route. Thing number two, is the person experiencing side effects from any of their medications? Thing number three is, do you suspect an adverse drug reaction or an allergy? In some cases, the drug side effect or adverse reaction may actually be causing or even contributing to their presented complaint. Number four, does the patient want to reduce any of their medications? And if so, do you know why? Do you know which ones? We're going to come back to that a little bit later. Number five, do you have an accurate record of the medications that this person usually takes? It's a really, really important starting point before you go tinkering with other medications. If you don't have the information, it's really important to try and get a collateral history from someone who can give that to you. It's either a relative or a caregiver, their GP surgery, uh, the pharmacy that usually get their medications from. If you're in the hospital, then a pharmacist may be able to help you. So what do we actually mean when we say polypharmacy? It's definitely not a chemist run by a parrot. I've seen a few clerkings where it's been used as shorthand for too many drugs to list right now. I suppose you could say it means being on multiple medications, but how many? Is that four, 17? What's too many? Well, it really varies from person to person and depends on lots of different factors. There's no specific number of drugs that constitutes polypharmacy. Older adults are definitely more likely to be on several medications. So sometimes it can be useful to think of things in terms of appropriate and inappropriate polypharmacy. So an example of appropriate polypharmacy might be someone who's taking several drugs that work together to treat heart failure after having a heart attack. For example, it might be completely appropriate for them to be on a collection of seven or eight medications. Whereas an example of inappropriate polypharmacy is when there might be two people who are on two drugs act in the same way or have opposing actions, and that would be inappropriate polypharmacy. So for example, somebody who's on tamsulosin for prostate problems and doxazosin for hypertension, as both are alpha blockers, and that would therefore increase their risk of postural hypertension. Polypharmacy also becomes more problematic with increasing age due to physiological changes which affect the way the body processes drugs. We won't go into a huge amount of detail on this now, but feel free to take a look at the table included in the show notes, which broadly divides these physiological changes into those affecting absorption, distribution, metabolism or elimination of drugs. So where to start? Well, the best place, as always, is to start 
with the patient. So go and talk to the patient if you can. Find out what their medication adherence is like normally. Do they miss doses? Do they stick to the same timings? Do they take their medication with food? Are there certain medications they don't take because they just don't like them? Are there certain medicines that they don't take because they're difficult? Sometimes things that allow medication delivery, like insulin pens or inhalers, can themselves be problematic. Some people may have difficulty swallowing the tablets. And then think about, well, are they having side effects from their medicines? These aren't always directly related to the action of the drug, though. So, for example, uh, medications for hypertension drop the blood pressure, so a clear side effect is hypotension. But uh, bisphosphonates may cause esophageal irritation if they're taken incorrectly. So it's not a direct effect of the medication, but a true side effect of it. Involving patients in shared decision-making is really important. It's really much more likely that you're going to come up with a plan that they'll be able to stick to if you do it that way. It's important to check they understand what each drug is for. If they're well informed about the reasons for taking the individual medications, then they're more likely to understand the potential risks for stopping them and therefore make a more informed choice. For people who lack capacity to have these discussions, it's important that we take opinion from their relatives and caregivers uh, about what they would previously have wanted and to make sure that they're aware of any changes to the medications and the reasons for them. If you are changing medications and you're not their their primary care physician, um, please make sure that you document those in any handover of care to other healthcare professionals. It's really, really important on a discharge summary to explain why if you've changed medications in hospital. It's really useful to get an idea of what a person's goals and priorities are regarding their medications because that can help to guide which medications you might stop. So thinking in terms of priority can also be helpful when you're doing a medication review. As you work through someone's drug chart or list of prescriptions, try asking yourself these questions for each drug. Firstly, is it relieving symptoms for that person currently? And if so, chances are you'll want to continue it or quickly find an alternative if it's having negative side effects. Classic examples of these would be painkillers or anti-sickness drugs. Or they might be on medications for a condition that would quickly become symptomatic or even dangerous if it was left untreated. So examples would include inhalers for COPD or anticonvulsants for epilepsy. Again, you're probably going to want to continue these medications if possible. So slightly more tricky are when drugs are being taken to prevent a condition from developing in the future. So if someone's got hypertension, they might be on antihypertensives or if they've got high cholesterol, they might be on statins to try and prevent a heart disease or stroke in the next five or 10 years. Now, whether or not you choose to stop these will depend on the severity of the condition in question. How likely is it to develop? What's that person's life expectancy to be? What's their understanding of the potential risk? Um, What's their lifestyle like? And the next step then is drugs that are not evidence-based or no longer necessary. They can usually be fairly safely stopped. So examples would be something like cod liver oil, Uh, or some herbal supplements that don't have evidence behind them, or even aspirin for primary prevention of heart disease. Um, They can be fairly uh, safely stopped. And then finally, if the course of the medication has been completed, so someone that was vitamin D deficient, but they've now had full vitamin D replacement and their vitamin D is now replete, you can probably, you can safely stop their high dose vitamin D. A few tips when you're doing a medication review would be to look out for clear contraindications and interactions between medications, looking out for prescribing cascades, 
And this is when someone might be prescribed one drug, um, they have a side effect of that medication and are therefore prescribed another medication, leading to a cascade of groups of medications clustered together that may be able to be stopped. And don't be afraid to question um, the decisions other prescribers have made. It may be wrong. It may be no longer relevant. They may not have the full information that you have now in front of you to make this decision. So don't be put off by that. Be well informed and understand what the history is so that you can make good choices. When people are on lots of medications, this can seem hard to do. So try to get in the habit of doing this every time you review a patient. That way, you're far more likely to be able to pick up on any inappropriate polypharmacy early on. It's worth giving a specific mention to anticholinergics because up to 50% of older people are on at least one drug with some anticholinergic activity. And the side effects of these drugs include really common things like constipation, urinary retention, tachycardia, confusion and drowsiness. These drugs also have adverse effects on physical and cognitive function, so it's really important to be aware of them. There are a number of tools available for calculating someone's anticholinergic burden. And there's a link to a couple of these in the show notes below, as well as some other useful resources um, listed uh, on the webpage. Remember, you can use your local pharmacist uh, to give you further advice if you need at any point. So that's all for this session, but feel free to check out the rest of this mini-series for more bite-sized learning. Or you can head over to our website at the www.hearingaidpodcasts.org.uk for the full-length podcast episodes relating to this um, episode. So we have one on polypharmacy. We've got many others concerning the care of older adults as well, from pressure sores to poverty. We hope that this episode of Help has been a help. Help.